0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast
1: with Don LaGreca.
0: And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. Pleasure to be joined by the great E.J. Raddick. How are you, E.J.?
1: Hello, great Don LaGreca. What's happening?
0: Well, what's happening is Jim. Watched, Rutherford, by the way, out. I
1: watched you and your. I've watched. I watched you and your brother the other. Oh, you did. Going at it on. I guess the YouTube thing, that thing. you know, that's long overdue that you do something <laughs> with Dave. Right. I mean, you know, you are you are kind of interestingly distinct personalities. So uh, I think that was uh, be entertaining for people. So what I did watched you watch? a little bit of it. I got a kick out of it. What? You guys were arguing about. I guess it was like a clip on Twitter that you guys were arguing about. Like you were trying to say that you took dave to these movies yeah. when he was a younger guy and dave was saying no you didn't and then you were like kind of kind of came clean and you were like you know at 18 i really wasn't looking <laughs> to hang out with my 15 year old brother right. and so yeah i mean you know well, uh, but it was good and dave i thought dave made very you know he made his point very well did. and uh he moved on you know so He's, that's obviously what... he still harbors some kind of ill will
0: oh sure yeah, he doesn't so, want to let it go, that but time. that's, you know, younger brother syndrome. So go to LaGreca yeah, TV I, on I, YouTube my and subscribe. Is
1: simply just get over it. I mean, you know, you're like, uh, I mean, he's one step away from being actually in the ring with these wrestlers. So, it's I mean, true. he's doing well.
0: He's doing very well. Move
1: on. Your life is going well. You know, I see him posting pictures of his lovely wife. He seems to be very happy. I don't know why he would harbor this resentment towards you, who, other you know, as far as I know, is a wonderful guy.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. But, uh, and he is a wonderful guy. And Go to LaGreca TV on YouTube and subscribe. We got uh, the, the latest video is uh, Guilty Pleasure Movies. Oh, okay. Which makes yeah. it difficult because go. part of a Guilty Pleasure movie is a movie that you're embarrassed that you like. But Dave and I are yeah. not easily embarrassed, so it was difficult to come up with yeah. this because we don't That's care what people
1: stuff. think. Yeah, but apparently he was still frustrated about uh, his childhood. So yes. it, was good, it was a good avenue for him <laughs> to uh, kind of vent those feelings to you and for you to, it, to air it out, so to
0: speak. Well, let's jump right in with both feet. We just okay. literally found out okay. moments ago that Jim Rutherford has resigned Second. as general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, citing personal reasons, and... This seems like it's been, like, out of left field. Nobody saw this coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just got a note from uh, my former partner, and now the play- Penguins play-by-play voice, Steve Mears, and uh, his note was, "This this is what you said, like, completely out of nowhere. And, like, he's right there in Pittsburgh, and he would have had some idea or some inkling, uh, you would think, and uh, none, zero. So um, we will have to wait and see. Jimmy is a... Uh, been around for a long time uh he's in the hall of fame now he's won multiple stanley cups with won three cups with two different t- organizations which i think is something uh that you could that is really special and on you know yeah. not something you see every day and i just hope that this is not uh, a health issue for jimmy i mean the team has started off four two and one i don't think they've played great but they found ways to win it's not something that would be performance related i would imagine but uh, i just hope that jimmy is Whatever the personal reasons are, I hope that he and his family are, are okay, and uh, we'll probably find out more as we go. But it's, uh, you know, that's a big story yeah. on a, kind of a sleepy Wednesday with only two games on the schedule.
0: Yeah, just out of nowhere, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to get into with you, and we'll kind of go around the league as we generally do, but ranger fans are kind of fit to be tied here and i'm I'm getting inundated with tweets like does quinn have to go does do they have to have a coaching change And, and listen i get that john davidson didn't hire quinn so sometimes that always leads to speculation and if this team doesn't go to the playoffs it'll be you know three straight years of missing the playoffs for quinn i don't think it should happen i think he's a good coach i think there's a lot of things that are kind of beyond his control right now but i can understand the fan base being frustrated there's you know, they were so disappointed in Toronto last year in the qualifying round against Carolina. And so far this year, they just, uh, you know, they've been in games, you know, four consecutive losses by a goal. But, you know, right now, they, they have the worst record in the league. And, and that's really disappointing to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Kenny Danico this morning because uh, he's doing our show today and we were going back and forth, and he made a point of saying that he feels like the Rangers are not playing that bad. He said, you know, outside of the game, their first game when they got blown out by the Islanders, he goes, really, they could have won all those games and they've had a lead in most of them and they haven't been able to nail it down. Now, you look at their group, I mean, this is the youngest team in the league. I mean, the average age, according to the Athletic, is um, – 25.6 years of age. So it's a young group. Uh, you think of the two, two of the forwards, Kako and, uh, you know, and left I mean, there's their guys, they're both 20 or younger right there. Um, you have Keandre Miller on the back end, who's played actually pretty well so far. And he's a, a young guy. I mean, this is a young team and the goaltending has been, I would say less than what they expected right. at this point. I would imagine those guys will get their games together and be a little bit more consistent but you know it is interesting right when Henrik Lundqvist was there as kind of the guy in the safety blanket you know those guys could just play now they're the guys you know right so um but they're you know when when you go back to that Carolina series uh Don you mentioned it and being disappointed at that I mean I think their defense was kind of exposed a little bit for being a little bit soft around the edges and a little bit small still and you know they've these guys are going to. They brought in Miller, so that's that's adds some certainly some size to the mix. And you know, Tony D'Angelo got off to a bad start, and he's not a great defender. So I mean, there's there's things that have to be fixed. And these are close games, and they haven't won. So I'm not ready to fire David Quinn. Uh, this has been a re, it's a rebuild, even though it was a rebuild that was esca, you know uh, escalated when you when you added the Panarins and you were able to get these high high draft picks, but. You know, I just think it's going to take time. I said before the year done, I didn't think they were a top four team in this East, which is a tough division. I didn't see them making the playoffs. So and and the fact that the Devils have gotten off to a good start and are playing really well and competitive, and right. the Sabres have some really talented offensive players, I mean, it's not going to be easy for the Rangers this year. Now, maybe they'll get it going, and maybe they'll get into that mix of four. It's still very, very early, but I think, uh, you know, I'm not ready to, to write anybody off. I think this this has got a lot of talented players there. They've got to tweak some things and figure out some things in certain areas of their group, and that's just going to take time. And if the fans want to whip out about it, I guess that's what fans do. But, you know, for yeah. me,
0: you've got to be patient. But what's scary about the format is we talk all the time, E.J., about divisional games being worth four points. So every game of your regular season is worth four. So you you dig yourself yeah. a hole. Yeah, there's 50 games left, but you still have eight versus Philadelphia, eight versus Washington, eight versus Boston. And you know you, you keep leaving points on, on, the, um, on the table. You know how, do you, how are you supposed to make them up when these other somebody is going to be taking advantage of that? because they're all playing each other. You're not going to get one of those situations yeah. where on any given Thursday, everybody in the division lost. No, somebody yeah. is going to win. Yeah. You know, somebody, so, somebody's going to win. Yeah, four so, teams are going
1: to win, and four teams are going to lose.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's that's what's scary. And you look at Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's a great team. I think Pittsburgh's getting on the back end. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they had four straight wins. They they squeezed out a point last night. As you said, New Jersey's off to a good start. I don't know how sustainable it is. But, yeah. again, they're getting some good play. They're going to get Heashier back. They're going to get Bratt back. They they were going to get Blackwood, who's you know, saved their bacon early in the year, back from COVID. You know, we could be sitting here in a couple of weeks and just saying, you know, these, these bottom feeders in the division could be cooked. Yeah.
1: Yeah, hey, um, like I said, I guess, Johnny, <laughs> if I had felt the Rangers were a top-four team in the division, um, maybe I would be more apt to be disappointed at the start. But I never saw them that way. I saw right. them as a team that's still rebuilding. And still, like I said, they're still th- – like like Keandre Miller has just come in. Like he's playing in his first – Six games in his National Hockey League career, and he's got off to a pretty good start. Very That's good. great news. Do you think there are not going to be some bumps along the way for Keandre Miller? I mean, I'm sure there are. Gonna be. I mean, Alexis Lafreniere has no points in six games, and this is the same exact thing that happened to Jack Hughes last year. No points in six games, right?
0: right.
1: How many times in his life do you think he's gone six games without getting a point? Never. Never, right? Never. Never. Like, how many times has he gone two games? Probably never. I mean, that's why he was the first overall pick. This is a men's league. These are big boys. They're strong. And, like, it's, it takes time to adapt, and you just don't come in unless you're Connor McDavid and you're kind of Superman and, and dominate. It just doesn't happen. There's a lot to learn and oh, yeah. a lot to, you know, to kind of, it takes a lot to assimilate and to get to that level. LeFranier is going to be a really good player. Uh, Kako, I think, is still going to be a really good player. Um, you know, Miller looks like he's off to a good start. Um, you know, Adam Fox came in, and he was good last year, and he's had a good start to the season. I mean, again, going back to what Dano said, the games have been close. A save here, a save there, yeah. maybe a, a better defensive play somewhere along the way. They just had some hiccups that have cost them games, and that's part and parcel of being a young team. And also, the other thing I would say, Don, is let's face it. I love Panarin as a player. He's a great player. He may never have as good a season as he had last year. I mean, and that's not—that's okay. Like, he could still have 80 points over the course of an 82-game schedule, and still have a lot of impact and have a great year. But he had like a—he might have had his career year last year, and thus maybe Ryan Strome will never play as well as he played last year. Right. And you know, maybe uh, Mika Zibanejad, who had the 43 goals, and even that was in less games—he was hurt. Maybe Mika's a really good center, but maybe he's never going to score at that kind of pace again. You don't know. So they have a lot of good players there. I think they have some things to sort out within their group. I think their goaltenders have to be a little bit better. They have to defend a little bit better. But these are all things that happen with young hockey teams. And, again, for me, I go back to the simple thing. I didn't think they were a top-four team in this division to begin with, but I love the the trajectory of their group. I think they're going to be a really good team for a really long time as long as they don't screw it up by panicking
0: when they don't need to. Right. Are you concerned about the Islanders?
1: I would be more concerned about the Islanders, to be honest with you. I mean, they go into Washington last night, and the Capitals are missing four players that are on COVID protocol. Tom Wilson is, uh, you know, is, a, late, is a game-time decision and can't play. Late in the game, Lars Eller, who has been uh, moved up to their second center, he gets hurt. He's out of the game for the last ten minutes. And the Islanders end up getting beat off the rush in the last minute. I mean, that's the Islanders of five years ago. They get beat off the rush in the last five minutes. And so Barry Trotz wasn't happy about it. I'm kind of wondering why Leo Komarov is on the ice in the last minute of a game like that because he got beat up the ice by by Justin Schultz. So,
0: um,
1: you know, I'd be more concerned about them. The Islanders are more like this is a team that went to the conference final last year. I mean, the Islanders have higher expectations. And, you know, they've had some bumps already in these first, uh, you know, they're a team I do expect – yeah, to be in the top 16 or top four teams in this division, and they're a team that if they don't get their act together, you know they could be looking up early and being a tough find themselves in a tough spot. And they're not scoring a lot of goals. I mean, that's they came into last night's game one point eight goals per uh, game. That was thirty first in the NHL, <laughs> and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, there's only thirty one teams, right? So you know um, they've got to find a way to get more offense and. And, uh, you know, they can't afford losses like that. When you have a team like the Capitals who are sitting there, by the way, 4-0-3. So, Peter Laviolette this his first year has been finding ways to get this team going. And, you know, even with all kinds of problems with guys out, um, that's a game you really have to take advantage of your opponent. And they didn't do it.
0: Yeah, they didn't do it. Toronto rolling along. As uh, they pick up another one goal victory over Calgary, so you got to like what they're doing. Montreal, even though they haven't played in a while, yep. Uh The only other team besides Washington not to lose a game in regulation regulation that North is going to be just crazy, right? I mean, they just. Um, I I think I said to you that I just haven't had the guts to do it of just betting the over in every game in that division, <laughs> and I would think by the end of the year I think I'd make money.
1: You might. You know Winnipeg uh, and
0: Edmonton together. The goals are just raining.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know what the number is going to be, but it's got to be, you know, it's got to be seven, right? Seven and a half, I would think. Well, it's never it's more than, cool than six and a half the in the
0: over/under, so you know, you got to uh, feel pretty good about yeah. that every game.
1: Yeah, well, they may have to up the ante for those two teams, but I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to more Toronto Montreal games because uh, Montreal looks much the best team in the league right now. In, in watching their games, and Toronto doesn't look too shabby either. So uh, they played on opening night, and they had a terrific game that went to overtime. I thought Montreal kind of uh, let the Leafs off the hook in that one a little bit. But uh, I'm really looking forward to those teams playing, uh, you know, the rest of their schedule this year. I guess they play nine or ten times, and they've only played one so far. Uh, and I'm looking forward to any game that the Calgary Flames are involved in because Matthew Kuchuk will have a feud with six other teams by the end right. of the season. I mean, he had it going with Toronto. They play a bunch of games more. He, he will get into it. I'm sure he'll probably get into it with his own brother. When Ottawa and Calgary play their games, so uh, you know I'll be curious to see what happens there because Calgary made a big upgrade with their goaltender, and I thought they were going to be better. And now they have these back-to-back losses to the Leafs, which were tough one-goal losses. So uh, they got to get back on the right track.
0: Yeah, you got to find a way to get points in those types of games. And oh yeah, kind of like with the Rangers, we're oh, saying like you yeah. get all these one-goal losses and you give up goals late yeah. in games. Those that's going to that's going to kill yeah. you. You know that that point that you lose. Or, or the opportunity to get the two, that's where um, it's going to kill you. Um, you know,
1: Donnie, think about this in that division, right? Like for the Rangers. Every single game, you, like like the Buffalo Sabres are life and death last night. Like they're looking at that game like they need to win. Like the Sabres, the Rangers at least have had a run of really good teams until they went to the rebuild a couple of years ago. The Buffalo Sabres, it's been a disaster. Yeah, they're life and death to win that game. So that's just one game on the schedule. Now they got to play them again. Like you know, or if you play the New Jersey Devils, they're the same way. They know the playoffs started already for them, and they're trying to get to the top four. They have to grab every point possible. So there's so much urgency in these games right now. And you know, when you have a young team, these are the things that can happen. So anyway, we will see. It's it's uh, it's going to be incredibly tight in all these divisions because all these games are tough. Look at out west, LA. They lost their first two games, and now, you know, they've been playing way better. When you look at their roster, you're not overly impressed. But they're three one and two, or three zero and two since the uh, something along those lines, I guess, or you know, three and two, some along those lines since the heartbreaking overtime losses to Minnesota back to back to start the season.
0: Yeah, they've actually played well, and they'd be in if the season started today. Yeah, they're three two and two. So, yeah, they've done a great job after after those two losses of finding a way to. To continue to get points, and they've got eight points in seven games, and, and it's looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Emotional night in Vegas for Petrangelo playing against his old team. Did get a point in what was a kind of a strange game with with all the coaches in um, in protocol. For Vegas, yeah, that
1: was odd. That came down that came down late. I know I was doing the six to seven show when that news broke, and uh, you know, fortunately, Kelly McCrimmon has been a guy that's coached a lot in his career in the Western <laughs> Hockey League, and so he's familiar with running a bench, and they had the. American Hockey League coaches come in. I think their American League team is in Henderson, which is not too far from Las Vegas, so they were able to staff it up, but not ideal. And, uh, you know, they got behind early, and Jordan Binnington was terrific in that game, and uh, I think he was really the difference. Jordan Cairo had another fantastic goal. For people who haven't seen Jordan Cairo play yet, he's got a lot of speed, and uh, I think he was a second-round pick a couple years ago, and the Blues have found a... A spot for him in their group, and he's, you know, he's had some really nice plays early in the season, and he was kind of fighting off Petrangelo and just, just kind of held him off and and beat him down the wing and came in front of and just beat Robin Leonard. So that's a heck of that's a heck of a matchup. That division, those three teams, right? Whenever they play Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, right? Um, Going to be fun to watch because those are three really good teams.
0: And Colorado puts up a touchdown on San Jose. I, I just wonder yeah. what this does to a Shark team. They, you know, they're playing exclusively on the road. Uh, their next, yeah. their first home game will be later in the week in Arizona. I, I wonder what that does to a team.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Don. It's hard to know. I mean, the, the good thing is they have a veteran group of players. And, uh, you know, when you think about uh, Burns and Carlson and Couture and, and some of the guys of Lastic that they have in that group. So it's a veteran group. But I look at their team, they're kind of two teams in one. They got these veterans that are highly paid guys that are – some of them are, you know, and really, you know, they have to kind of get it done now mode when you think about Burns and Carlson. I mean, Carlson's $11.5 million, for crying out loud. And he's kind of struggled off the start, and they're going to have for a long time. For me, San Jose better try to make something happen this year and try to get into the playoffs and see if they can, you know, make a push because – It's not going to get any better. They're going to have to move some of those guys out. I wouldn't be surprised to see Brent Burns, for example, be on the expansion list because they can't put certain guys on. Like Carlson has a no move. Lassick, for some reason, has a no move. Guys with no moves can't go on that list. So a guy like Burns, you know, he doesn't have that. He's got a limited no trade. He can go on that list. So the San Jose Sharks have been a really strong organization for a long time. They got close. When they went to the cup final, I guess it was in 16 against the Penguins, and uh, they weren't able to make it happen. And, uh, you know, teams that are like that, like the Rangers were in that moment, and this is why I give their group credit. They just decided, hey, they sent out the letter, we're rebuilding, and they went down that path because they realized they could continue to be competitive, but not to the point where they could win. And San Jose has tried to keep this fire burning for as long as they possibly can. And they, when you do that, you make moves, and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. And I think the San Jose Sharks are going to have to take a good long look in the mirror after this season and really assess what the next play is because they've got guys under contract. I don't think you can move the Carlson contract. I don't think you can move the Vlasic contract. Um, so these are going to be some real challenges for Doug Wilson and that group out there. But But in saying that, Again, they've had a really good team for a lot of years, and these are the cycles we go through. That's why when you win, when L.A. won twice, right, now they're rebuilding, like, the fans have that to grab onto. Yeah. But for San Jose, they didn't get there. For the Rangers, they didn't get there. They got close. They got to the Mm -hmm. final. They lost. And so, you know, it's tough to handle, but at some point in time, you have to look in the mirror and say, hey, we got to rebuild this thing. And the Rangers have done that, and the Sharks – have yet to make that decision, but I think they're coming very close to doing
0: that. And, you know, it's it's been strange for Dallas and Florida, right? They've played only three games, but they've won all three games that they played. Dallas has been, yep. you know, great. And you just wonder how that's going to affect probably Florida a little bit more because that's the team that you're going to be trying to battle. I, I like Dallas's team. I don't think last year's cup run was a fluke, but they're going to be playing a lot of games coming up, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're yeah. playing four or five games less than everybody else in your division, eventually you're going to be playing a lot of a lot of a lot of hockey that's going to probably bring you back down to earth. Carolina too. Yeah.
1: And maybe in both of those cases, especially in Dallas where they knew right from the start of the season they were going to be, you know, kind of behind the 8 ball. Florida uh played a couple of games and didn't play and they've been back at it now, but um the importance of getting off to a good start because you're right. I mean, your injuries are going to, are going to be a factor. There could be other uh, you know, COVID related circumstances that take players out of the lineup so you know i think that it's, it's paramount for those clubs to get off to that good start dallas's power play has been like ridiculous i mean i think they have nine power play goals in three games they had eight against nashville in their two games with the predators and uh you know they had one against the red wings last night and they took them about eight seconds to score so okay. their power play has been lights out good um so that division is an interesting one, right? Because we figure Tampa Bay is going to win it at some point, right? They're off, uh, you know, they have the, the best talent on paper. But after that, it's kind of a scramble. Of, you know, Carolina hasn't been able to play. So they're another team. They're 2-1. and one. We haven't seen them for a while. They're hoping to get back out there tomorrow night against Florida. So, you know, I expect them to move up the ranks. I think Chicago and Detroit, you know, while they've been more competitive than I might have imagined, particularly Chicago, Um, I I see them as kind of the the bottom two teams, and then it's a fight for between the six teams for four spots, and uh, you know, the fact that Dallas and Florida have been able to put those six points in the bank is really good for both of them. Florida had a a terrific win last night because they rallied in the final seconds to tie, and then won the shootout. So, uh, you know, these are points like you said it, you don't get them back, and that's a two-point swing for Florida and Columbus, right? Because, or maybe even a four-point swing, if Columbus can hang on there, they get both points, Florida gets nothing. So um, you know, it's that's that's what's going to be intriguing about the year because there's just you're playing the same teams over and over again, and as you mentioned at the start, Don, you know, there's nobody you're not going to benefit points wise. Some somebody's winning and somebody's losing in, that, in those divisions every night.
0: Yep, it's going to be difficult to make up ground for sure. You ready yeah, for some tweets? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, let's go. Let's All right. Sam Diaz says, gentlemen, besides a few missteps early in his career, why is Josh Hosang not in the NHL? He didn't even get an invite to Islanders training camp. I've seen him play. He's more skilled than many fourth liners in the league.
1: Well, he's not a fourth liner, though. That's the thing. I mean, he's kind of a top six forward to me, and he's got a lot of skill. And um, I would like to see Josh get an opportunity to play in the National Hockey The Islanders have owned his rights. I guess nobody has seen fit to make some a trade that Lou Amaro is willing to make at this point. I believe Josh is over in Europe playing right now, and they I, I believe he was loaned over there. But, again, I, I, I could be mistaken about that, but I think that's accurate. Um, he's got a lot of skill. There's no question about it. And I think he's a more mature kid now than he was when, uh, you know, he had the first opportunity at the honors. It's hard to kind of break into that Islanders group when – when there's any question about your defensive game, I mean, you're going to have to play that structure yeah. that Barry Trotz wants. So it's probably, it would probably be great for Josh to get a fresh start somewhere else with a team that's kind of rebuilding, that could, that could use a player of that skill to come in. But, you know, even in that circumstance, if for Josh's sake, I would hope that he would go to a team that has an experienced head coach that would work with him and try to like take the good, which is all that offensive skill, and then try to mitigate against the against the you know, the the defensive play and some of the, the negatives in this game because all players are like that anyway. I mean, all, look at Matt Barzell with the honors. Those a great offensive player. Is he gonna win a Selkie? No. But you know, you mitigate against some of that and they play a good structure, protect them a little bit and you take advantage of all the good things he brings. Hope that Josh gets a chance someday and that way we'll find out if he can get it done or not. But right now, he's kind of on the treadmill.
0: All right. Chris says there's quite a bit of talk on Philadelphia radio about Kurt Schilling not making the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday and how his off-field comments hurt his cause. Does EJ have a vote for the NHL Hall of Fame? If so, how much should one's actions off the ice factor into their Hall of Fame vote?
1: Okay. Well, first thing is no, I right. do not. The NHL hall of fame is done with a panel of, I believe it is 19 individuals and it is done in the ultimate secrecy where we don't find out really anything about the process. And Don, you know, my feelings about this. We've talked about yep. it going years back. I, I don't like a process where there's no transparency. So there is that as for what happens off the field. Um, you know, I think every case is probably different. I think the cases in baseball where we've had uh, issues of steroid use, I think that's something certainly to consider because call it what you want, but at the end of the day, it's if it's not legal to do it in the league, it's cheating. So, you know, that's something that they'll have to figure out, the baseball writers and the people in the baseball circles have to figure out at some point. To this point, they haven't put those guys in um in hockey because of the secretive nature of that and because of the culture of hockey I think it would be very I think it would be trickier to get in if there was any kind of significant off-field issue just because if the culture in this game is is different as you know Donnie and I think it's hard just to be individualistic so to speak as a player and speak right. out and you know be a little bit different you know uh and that's to, to I think it's to its detriment because we want Different voices and different thoughts, and you know we ask for them, and then when we get them, we're not happy, right? So, um, so I would say that uh, you know in hockey, I think it would probably be difficult, depending upon what the circumstances were. But uh, you know the Kurt Schilling case is, it's kind of a, a completely different one, and I guess everybody has their own opinions about that. So I won't weigh into that, but uh, you know we'll see what plays out there next. And but that's the process in hockey: is that the it's a very closed uh, closed society thing with 19 people and their names that you know that are in that like uh, you know in the past John Davidson I think John Davidson is on it now but it rotates on a certain number of years and guys are in it now I think Pierre Maguire has been on it I think Bob McKenzie has been on it there's former players that have been on it and so it's kind of a mix of different media and different former players and former Hall of famers and executives so that's what's what it's made up of
0: right <clears throat> and you're right we don't Hockey's just not the game where a lot of guys stand out in that way. And, and make no mistake, too, with Schilling. Yeah. Schilling is more than just political um, differences. He, he has been yeah. downright hateful with a lot of his tweets and a lot of his comments and things. Yeah. So that yeah. goes beyond the not I, I don't dig
1: him. I, yeah. I wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> I'll give him my personal opinion. No, I would never vote for him, but that's <laughs> my opinion.
0: But it's not like, so, oh, he's a Republican, so let's keep him out, or oh, he's a conservative, let's keep yeah. him out that yeah. would be wrong but yeah. i think there's been some things he got yeah. fired at espn for some of the things that he did and he's and, uh, yeah. and also you know there's you know there's a ceremony there's a speech that you have to give and and you you yeah. wonder would that speech be used to uh forward some of that thinking and you just want to try to avoid all that but you know right, the hockey players aren't known to do that that's probably going to change EJ, though over time because oh, yeah, I, think, sure. I think i think athletes are asked to be a little bit more political have opinions so I think that whole team aspect, not being an individual, not standing out, that might go away slightly. Maybe not to the, to the, the, to the degree that it is in the NBA, but you saw in the bubble that there were yeah. players that were not afraid to take a stand. So that may change yeah. over time.
1: Hey, I'll give you a quick, because I was able to do this while we were chatting here, Here's just some of the names. John Davidson is the chairman of the Hall of Fame committee. David Branch, who was involved with the Canadian junior hockey. Brian Burke, Kathy uh, campbell Pascal, Mark Chipman, who was involved with the uh, Winnipeg Jets management group, Bobby Clark, Mark Defoy, who was a uh, writer in Quebec, Michael Farber, who's been a longtime media member, Ron Francis, a Hall of Famer, Mike Gartner. Anders Hedberg, Yari Curry, Igor Larionov, Pierre Maguire, Bob McKenzie, Mike Murphy, who's been in the League Operations, David Boyle, yeah. and Luke Robitaille. Those are the names on the selection committee, and uh, that's how it works. And I guess it's uh, three-year terms. I won't get into all that. You can look it up online. But, you know, in case you're wondering who these people are, those were some of the names that uh, we have there that they get to vote. And, like I said, it's a very secret process, which I wish would change. Yeah, but I wish that would definitely I don't change, too. not get to think It's going to happen on- anytime soon.
0: Thanks All for right. adjusting the schedule. We appreciate that.
1: Yeah. No. Hey, listen. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I know you have, you have, you have a lot going on. I have a lot going on. But we yeah. make it happen every week. Which is We're nice.
0: busy people. We try to make it happen once a week. So that's right. I will All talk right. to you very it's soon, my friend. Always
1: great to talk to you. All right. All right, buddy. All right, yeah. Take
0: care. That's uh, the great EJ Raddick. Check him out on the NHL Network Monday through Friday. Couple of games tonight. Seven thirty. Blackhawks and the Predators. Chicago 2-3-2, All the Predators are 3-3-0. Three, three, and, oh. and at 8 o'clock tonight, the Senators and the Canucks from Vancouver. Vancouver's just had a little bit too much of Montreal. They're under 500, or three, five hundred at oh. 3-5-0. Three of their losses, or three of their games, have been against the Canadians in Ottawa 1-4-1. They are tied with the Rangers for the worst record in the league. That's why there's panic uh, with the Blue Shirts. Um, did finally get in touch with uh, Leah Hextall, so she is going to be joining us at some point probably next week she's a little busy with her new job so she can't commit to every single week but leah is going to be back in the fold for game misconduct so we're looking forward to that uh if you want to get in touch with me the best way to do that is at don lagreca hashtag game misconduct we'll have some fun throughout the entire year thanks to ej raddick thanks to you for listening back with you again on friday this was the wednesday edition of game misconduct
1: this is the game
0: misconduct podcast
1: with don la